When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is time to get up with a Monday night must win down to the final minute in L.A. What did it all mean? We've got you covered. Meanwhile, sometimes the truth hurts. The question in Philly is, why doesn't Jalen look the same? The good news is we've got the answer. And then he's not human. He's Aaron. How his presence alone is reshaping an entire NFL season. All that, a whole lot more. Let's do it on a Tuesday. It's time to get up and yeah. Special guests this morning, the regular Tuesday crew joined by the great Sal Palantonio and Jessica Mendoza is here breaking down all the baseball. We've got a lot of action to get to and we will, but it begins in Los Angeles last night. Monday night football, game of the night, Cowboys and Chargers. And Jeff, before the game, we had a game going on. What's happening here? Skirmish, ruckus, things you've avoided your whole life. Yeah, that's what it really looks like, Greeny. Look at Austin Eckler going to get his helmet knocked off before we even begin. No penalties. No ejections. Mine's coming, though. We're good with this. Okay, here we go. 7 nothing Chargers. Cowboys a fourth and one at the 18. Neat. Oh, two guys went to get the pitch man in deck. So he got a little bit of leg left. Nice run. Look how close he comes to losing the ball on the exchange, Jeffrey. Ooh. Hey, listen. He was trying to sell the fake. That's why he took two. Just walked that thing in the end zone. I see you, Dak. Time Play makeup. <laughs> now we got a big moment here in the third quarter. Chargers have a third and ten in the end zone. Justin Herbert's going to get it with his legs, or is he? Yeah, Justin's a great athlete. He gets right here. He dies, but not quite there. They call him up short. I don't know if he actually got it or not, but either way. It looked to me like he had it, but one way or another he doesn't. And they eschew the field goal, Jeff. Eschew it. The points. It's 10 to 7 in the third. Take the points. No, never mind. Never mind. There's one thing we know about Brandon Staley. He's not going to take the conservative (laughs) route. Questionable decision, so the Cowboys maintain the lead now. That great play. Oh, it's outstanding mobility in the pocket, finding uh, Pollard in the middle. And Pollard turns this short gain into a 60-yard run. Don't get walked, though. You can't get walked. Never get walked. In business as he gets run down from behind. But now we're in the final 12 minutes of the game, second and goal. Remember they have Brandon Cooks? Anyone remember that? I do not remember that. When did they get him? They don't remember. He catches a touchdown for his 2015 in the NFL. Oh, sorry, 15 <laughs> in the NFL. Just feels like 25th. Cowboys up 17-10. Fourth quarter now. Cowboys playing so conservatively, just don't want to make the big mistake. And then on special teams, they make the big mistake. Yeah, it seems like it was about the vision on this. Right now, you get knocked into him. That's bad enough. But then you hop up. You don't know if he's touched the ball or not, so you try to go touch it. Give it to the Chargers, who were having trouble moving the ball. Set them up in the red zone. It goes as a muff. You see it there. It's Turpin doesn't ever touch the football, but Jalen Tolbert doesn't realize it, so he's trying to dive on it. Chargers get the opportunity, and they take advantage on the fourth and goal. Again, this time, Gerald Everett. Yeah, nice play design, getting out in the flash. He saw he had, he had him out leveraged, puts a nice ball on him. There we go. Hug Target it out. Hug it out, baby. 
baby, hug it out. Brandon Staley and Boy Wonder. Now, final five minutes. Cowboys third and seven. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, there was seven targets. C.D. Lamb, seven receptions, 117 yards. He was mm. balling last night. Cowboys kick a field goal, puts him ahead. Here we go. Two minutes left. Who's the closer for the oh, Cowboys? Oh, Micah going to get there. Put two on him. Put three on him. I don't care. Oh. Fourth quarter, it's time to put this game away. Micah, wipe his nose. That oh. puts the Chargers in a, a third and long and the defense Gilly. makes the play. Gilly it is. Stefan Gilmore and the Cowboys are able to run out the clock. McCarthy loves it. Prescott loves it. Cowboys defense comes up big. They get a win they needed. 20 to 17. Dak, talk to me. Yeah, it was a must win. Why? I mean, it's early no, I mean, in the season. Yeah, early in the season, but three and three. Four and two or three and three, that was a it's a huge difference. We, we talked about after last week not, not allowing this thing to landslide, and obviously I think a win like this allows you to really close that book. Is the book closed? Was it a must win? Those are the questions to get the answers. Sal Palantonio, what did it mean? Absolutely a must win for the Cowboys. They were absolutely embarrassed in San Francisco. Mike McCarthy took control of what they're going to do in Dallas. He said, listen, I like coaching in Dallas. I want to stay in Dallas. You're not going to ruin this for me. And we are going to play conservative football. And they, hey, you look at the photograph of the video of Dak Prescott, the relief on his face mm-hmm. on the bench. He says the words, Thank you. Thank you, Lord, baby Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that, that is how it feels. It's always it's easy to say it's a must win after yeah. you've won it. I understand that part yeah. of it. But this did feel like a game the Cowboys needed to have. The Eagles losing the day before. The bye coming up for the Cowboys this week, right? You don't want to go in having lost a couple in a row. Everything was there for them. But, yeah, it definitely looked to me like – just just hold on. Just hold it. Just don't mess it up. And, that, and that's what happened. They ended up getting through it. The offense still doesn't look, you know, very smooth. It does not look very ambitious. It, it, it kind of, you know, they're doing – I think this is what Mike McCarthy wants to do, right, run the ball. He only had 96 rushing yards. Dak had 40 of them. Yeah. So I don't think they look even the way McCarthy wants them to look quite yet. Uh, but important that they got the win on the road, even though I'm sure it felt like a home game for Dallas. Today. Yeah, it does. It, I mean, it was a must win, but they played it not to lose, which is, seems to be the Mike McCarthy style. And their offense, like you mentioned, the big plays, the best plays were all like Dak creating yeah. stuff, with the exception of one perfectly thrown deep ball that was dropped in the end zone. Everything else is Dak moving around in pocket. I don't have as much confidence in this team as I would like to have, but they're winning. That defense is still dominant. They didn't turn the ball over, so it feels like a, a must win, but it doesn't feel like they've kind of regained the optimism that we had for them early in the season. Biggest win of the week. This was the biggest win of the week. Here's the deal. We bust on McCarthy all the time. He watched two teams that were the better team in the NFC lose to inferior teams. He's like, we ain't going to let it happen. We're a better team than the Chargers. This is what we're going to do. Our defense is going to win this game. Our offense is not going to turn it over. Give the man credit. We all talked about they didn't have an identity when they were in San Fran. They got boat raced. It was an embarrassing loss. Come back. You know you're going to get this win if you don't do something dumb. They didn't do something dumb. It was like, which guy was going to make the mess up? McCarthy wasn't going to be that guy. Listen, the special teams doesn't have that error with eight minutes left. This game is not even that close because Dallas can get the ball and move it down. But it is. It is what it is, right? But this was as big a win as Dallas could. San Fran loses. Philly loses. It was an enormous win and played and found an identity with what McCarthy wants to do. 
zero turnovers, let our defense win the game and close the game at the end. They did it. Give them credit. Like, we always bash them. Let's give them credit. Yeah, no, they credit for the win. The three-point win is fine. A win is a win. I'd like to see them have some consistent offense. If you think back yes. through that game, it's Tony Pollard breaking a tackle in the middle field and making a 60-yard run. It's Dak a couple times doing whirly birds in the pocket. I want to see them have some sort of consistent offense. Not turning the ball over is fine if you want to play teams that are mediocre and bad. At some point, they're going to have to beat some good teams, and you're going to have to put some offense on One of the things that's been going on there, and it's not getting a ton of attention early this season, is the offensive line has really been in flux with some injuries and guys playing hurt. They don't matter. I don't think think they fully trust that line right now because it hasn't come together the way they thought it would, and I think that's reflected. But let's give Dak credit. He made the plays he had to make, especially on that second drive, right? After they go three and out, the Chargers score, he comes back, you know, the the big third down run, and then, of course, the big fourth down run for the touchdown. He did what he had to do last night. Let's talk about just how conservative Mike McCarthy is being <laughs> uh, with this team. For those of you who did not watch the game last night, I want to take you to, and Artie, let me know when we can do it. I'll take you to the way the first half ended. All right, we're in the final minute of the first half, and we will show you this sequence here um, because the Cowboys have an opportunity to go down and get points right before the half. So you see this 50 seconds left to around midfield. That's a completion of Michael Gallup, yeah. and the official is clearly winding yeah. the clock, right? We are not on their own sideline. On their own. Cowboys have two timeouts remaining. They don't use one. Is it possible he didn't realize the clock is running? It is. Now we snap the ball with 14 seconds left. We remind you we have two timeouts remaining. We're in the middle of the field. Come on, come on. The officials actually stop the clock. Why are they doing that? (laughs) Because they're trying to help Mike McCarthy out. And he's saying he doesn't want it. No. He did not want the timeout with eight seconds left. They let the clock go down to three seconds. They take one timeout into the halftime break, and they kick the field goal there to get the shore it's three so points. It's, it's one so, way to look at it's it. It's so clear that it's not poor time management. That's exactly That's right. what, what he wanted. wanted to do. When he's standing next to the official, and the official is winding the clock, yep. it's pretty clear right there. He knows exactly what he's trying to do. He's trying to manage the game, manage the mistakes of his football team, get out of Dodge with a win. Jeff's exactly right. San Francisco lost on a missed field goal. The Eagles lost on four turnovers, especially a Giants game. Every one of the NFC East teams lost or, or, or NFC components lost because of bad plays, bad mistakes. And the Cowboys did not want to do that, Mike. They did not want to do that. But that's, I think, the earlier one, the Gallup sideline catch. Right. Where the, 20 well, seconds. Whether you agree with his decision there with eight or three seconds left or not, like that was a conscious decision. This one with Gallup felt weird. Now, the way Gallup was playing, it's possible McCarthy was surprised he caught it. <laughs> but. Oh, no. Wow. You can actually see him mouth the words, wind the clock. Yeah. yeah. And then he but goes like this to the official the, with two seconds left. But that's yeah. the second one. I'm talking yeah, about this, about one this here, play right? here. Yeah. When you have 45 seconds left, like you could run a lot more plays at this point. You have two timeouts. So I I feel like they either thought it was that he was called out of bounds, which he wasn't. But yeah, I I think, look, man, I don't know. They won by three. He's a genius. I I guess, but I. (laughs) That's the point. But my my point is. If you, when it comes time to, and look, we sometimes talk about every one of these games like it's a referendum on everything they're capable of doing. But at at the end of the day. Absolutely. In the NFL, I guess it is. At the end of the day, if they are going to be this cautious. If you were that concerned about throwing a pass in the end zone with eight seconds left for fear of what might happen, and again, forget about the Giants' time management and all that kind of stuff. They had a timeout left. The Giants did not. So eight seconds is an eternity in the circumstance they're in. He made the decision, I'm not taking any risk on throwing an interception. That's all the risk that you're running there is a turnover. That's the decision that he's making there. Can you beat good teams that way? No. 
No, you have to get every little edge that you can get in a football game. They let 20 seconds. I think you're right. The, the scariest one is the 20 seconds they let run off the clock when Gallup is not called out of bounds, when his forward momentum is stopped. That's the real bad one. The decision after that is like, yeah, I would still like to see my quarterback that, like, Dak Prescott's not a dumb man. Like, you pay him lots of money because he is an upper-tier quarterback. He's not the top of the top, but he's not going to spoil that situation for him. You take that shot. Those four extra points can cost you a game against a good team. I respectfully disagree. I, I, I do as I well. It can be we disrespectful. We have seen NFL teams. We have seen NFL teams win that way. Playing good defense, no turnovers on offense. Baltimore Ravens. San Francisco 49ers last year. I think you can win that way, and you can beat good teams that way. Yeah. You I don't think you can beat three of them in a row. That's, that's going to be the thing. Right? It's like that, at every, some point you're going to have to do this. It has every, been done. Every game takes on a different personality. It's 7-7 seven to seven with 40 seconds left in the half. It's not like your offense is going to – and theirs isn't either. So if you're a coach yeah. at that point, you go, you know what? It's not going to be It's not going to be a shootout. I'm going to have to play this differently. So if they go play a team that hangs up, whatever it is, maybe you got to be more aggressive. Yeah. But at that moment, yes, you, you don't right. have to be that aggressive. Right. He makes the right call. This is what Mike McCarthy wants to be. This is their identity and what he's going to do with teams like this. Every game takes on its own personality. McCarthy didn't want this one to have one. That, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just sucked personality right out He wanted the other guy yeah. to make the mistake. Was he was betting the odds. Yeah. Right, Brandon, Staley, so yeah. Brandon Staley leaves those three points on the field. That's right. Going for it on the fourth down, true to his character that was very on brand, and they lose the game by three points. I mean, so it's it's interesting. We're sitting here with negative questions about Mike McCarthy coming off of wins, but that's the reality of it. They win win the game. In the meantime, sometimes the truth hurts. Sal is here because the question in Philly is, why doesn't Jalen look the same? He's got the answer. Don't miss it coming up next. Plus, the Rodgers relaunch. Are Aaron's fingerprints all over a Jets resurgence? Is he coming back? Spoiler alert, the answer is yes. Get up on ESPN. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Back on Get Up, wake up call, final play last night. Cowboys get the win. Third and 10 at the Charger 25. Herbert back, pressure coming again, throws it out, intercepted. 
Gilmore jumped in at the Los Angeles 32. And you can credit the pressure for that one. All right, so a huge win for the Cowboys, and that's not an overreaction. We're talking about it all morning long, but let's do some other overreactions on this day. Graziano does his column every single week. We'll talk about things people are saying. You'll tell us if they are indeed an overreaction. Bengals, a big win this weekend. If people are saying they're well on their way now to a third straight division title, is that an overreaction? It is, because there's a lot more work for them to do. They dug themselves a hole. They've already lost to Baltimore and Cleveland in the division. They have road trips yet to come to San Francisco, Kansas City, Baltimore, Jacksonville. They can absolutely win the division for the third year in a row, but it is not going to be easy. Their tough start could come back to haunt them, and they have a gauntlet to get through if they want to do it. Yeah, they may be the team that you trust, but they may have put themselves in a bad position. Next, let's talk about the Lions. Is it an overreaction if I were to say this is the best Lions team of our lifetime? Yes, and it doesn't matter how old you are. I was looking at this. If you're 90 years old, right, you have seen them finish first eight times in your lifetime and won four titles. But if you're 65 years old, you've seen them finish first three times and win no titles. Look, they've won four straight games by two touchdowns or more. They are beating people up on the line. I know Jeff Saturday says that's not important. I think it is. (laughs) And the Detroit Lions are going to be a factor all season long. All right, let me give you one more that's near and dear to my heart. If I said the Eagles lost to the Jets, might cost them the division this year. Is that an overreaction? It's not. We know that no one can possibly ever repeat in the NFC East, and so that already working against the Eagles. But losing to the Jets in a game they absolutely should have won, no offense, Uh, And with the Cowboys winning last night, I I think the Eagles' schedule is about to get much, much more difficult over the second half of the season. And this could be a game, if it comes down to a game between them and the Cowboys, this could be the one they look back and regret. All right, that's why we said this was a good weekend for the Cowboys, with the Eagles losing a game in which they probably should have won, the Cowboys winning a game in which all we do is complain about how they didn't look. But now this (laughs) is the reason that we have Sal Palantonio with us here today. He is the mayor of Philadelphia. Why do we need a reason? Yeah, he is. Why? do we need a reason? Sal, here we go. (laughs) Most of us watching this thing say last year Jalen Hurts was a revelation. He was as good as any player in the NFL. And I think there is sort of an expectation with young players. It's just going to continue to go like this. It does not appear to be the case. What are we seeing in Jalen Hurts this year? Well, we're seeing a guy who's got a new offensive coordinator in Brian Johnson. And Brian Johnson is a terrific coach. But anytime you have a transition from a guy who you only lost two games with, Shane Steichen, and he's been in your ear for the better part of your career, it's a big transition. So that's number one. Number two, you know, he's under duress more. No question about it. I know the pass block win rate is what it is. They're second to Kansas City. But number three, Greeny, he's holding the ball too long. Yep. Dan Orlovsky, on your show yesterday, showed it. He drops his shoulder. He's holding it. He's staring down A.J. Brown. He's got underneath routes, checkdowns. He can go to Dallas Goddard. He can get DeAndre Swift. There, in that particular case, he was baited into making a mistake by Robert Sala and that Jets defense at the end. Listen, I was for running the ball in that situation. I don't know why they were throwing the ball. Jeff Saturday helped me out on that. 100%. I mean, but so, uh, listen. Brian Johnson is a terrific young coach, and he's going to be a head coach in the National Football League, but you're going to have a natural transition to a new offensive coordinator. Jalen Hurts is going to be fine. It's just going to take some time. It's not just the voice in the head, though, Jeff. It is also some of the play calling. What is obviously not as much a part of the offense so far this year has been running the football, particularly the quarterback run. And I wonder if 
That is something that they are doing consciously. You say, all right, look, he's our franchise. We've got a ton of money invested in him and all the rest of that. Maybe we don't put him in harm's way as much early in a season, even if it costs us a long time. Yeah, well, you, you, you hadn't had to, right? This is an undefeated team that really, you know, if they don't give it away, if they run the ball on third and nine and punt it, I don't think Zach Wilson's going to drive it Thank down and end up you. winning this football Thank game. You. So at this point, why risk him with you winning the games that you are? But to Sal's point, the biggest issue, Lane Johnson, their starting right tackle, who is the best in the game at that position, goes down. Cam Jurgens, who's been out, he's on IR. The whole right side is struggling. He's pressured like crazy, right? He got pressured, I think, 17 times. Something like it's like twice as much as he's been pressured in the last two seasons. And by the way, the majority of that's just a four-man rush. Mm-hmm. So it, Which it means was, he's it, holding the ball. That's too right. Long. So that means he's sitting back there and he's not taking what he's trying to push the ball down the field instead of just allowing the ball or allowing the offense to come to him. That type of pressure. But as far as like designed runs, they will get to it. But why do it unless you have yeah. to? Risk I think. It. It's reasonable for them to design to go with their game plan where they're not going to put him in harm's way. But I also think that he, if you're going to do that, you're going to need help. So Devontae Smith had two drops in this game. Yeah. We also saw Dallas Goddard give an interception back on a screen pass. These are problems that you got to have. He gave up the pressure that led to the inter- interception. So these are issues. If you're not going to put the pressure on Jalen Hurts in his leg, he's going to most of the time make good decisions. I'm going to need Dallas Goddard to hold on the ball, and I'm going to need Devontae Smith, who's normally shorthanded, to catch those passes in games like this. That's the thing. I mean, Everything's relative here. The Eagles are good, right? I mean, they're 5-1, yeah. and one, and they yeah. haven't really played their best yet. My concern with them is the injuries. Jeff talks about Lane Johnson. They have had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Right. So I think that with the group around Jalen Hurts right now isn't as sound as it was last year when they had actually pretty good injury luck all year. When is the showdown between the Cowboys and Eagles? November 5th in Philadelphia. First time Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott go against one another. That's why it was so important for the Cowboys to win last That's night. Right. right? It put the Eagles on notice on a specific thing. Our pass rush is what we're going to lean on, and we're coming for you. And this is an important point in Philadelphia. But, hey, bring it on, baby. (laughs) (laughs) We ready, Jeff Saturday. We ready, baby. We ready, Michael. Speaking of Philadelphia, you know who else is ready? Jessica Mendoza in with us all morning long because the big game in Philly last night was the Phillies. And guess who was in attendance, Jess? Oh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend is there. The Kelsey brothers, bottom of one, Kyle Schwarber getting it started. One, that was the first pitch of the game, 92 miles an hour. They were jumping Zach Gallen early. In fact, two batters later, Bryce Harper, what's he going to hunt? The fastball up in the zone. Wow. 117 miles an hour. Happy birthday, 31 for Bryce Harper. And you'll see it in the celebration as he blows out the candles. Also swinging at the first pitch that he saw. And then Nick Castellanos in the second. What a series. Yeah, I mean, think about the amount of home runs that he's had. Last eight at bats, five home runs. 1-1 count again. Fastball early in the count. This is exactly what the Phillies' plan was against that guy. Yeah, postseason is what I meant to say. Five home runs in his last three games, and then it's Perdomo trying to bring the Diamondbacks back. This is your nine-hitter for the Diamondbacks. Look out for this team to score a lot of runs. This gets them on the board, but this was not going to be enough for the Diamondbacks. That's right, 5-2. It's 5-3 in the ninth. Craig Kimbrell trying to close it out. Yeah, and you think about Craig Kimbrell, what he's done with this Phillies team. By the way, this ball was smoked from Lourdes Goriel Jr. They ended up getting a double play and get out of it. All right, Jess is here all morning long. We're ready to roll into some much more conversation with her for the Phils. It's been all about the long ball. The last three games, they've hit 12 home runs, most they've had in a three-game postseason span in history. Much more on the baseball with Jess coming up next. Plus, is what we saw from the Cowboys last night enough to contend with the NFC's best? Who is the best in the conference? We'll talk about it. And then, Jess, you're going to love these. The pancakes we got yeah. up this morning. Yeah. We're serving them up hot. 
Jessica will get involved in that. Steph's ready to hand them out. Don't miss it. It's a Tuesday staple on the way. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Bottom of the hour on Get Up. If you're just joining us, game of the night last night in Los Angeles. Cowboys, Chargers. Let's take it right to the fourth quarter. You got less than 12 minutes to go. Second and goal from the two. It's Dak. It's Brandon Cooks. Buying time. Like backpedals and drops a dime right on Brandon Cooks. Do a little oh. handshake. Playmaker. Cowboys play at 17 Fourth quarter, same score. Chargers going for it on a fourth and goal. They find Gerald Everett for the touchdown that ties it up. And you see Helen Moore all excited about it. Then Cowboys get the field goal, 20-17. to 17. Micah Parsons to close it out. Oh, he's the closer. Every team needs a guy like this. Third down, end of the game, put it away. Yeah, that sets up a third and long. And it is Stephon Gilmore who steps in front, makes the interception that ices it. And so the Cowboys, it was not an artistic masterpiece. No. But it's a win. Sal, <laughs> <laughs> Pal Antonio, a definitive on that. Not an artistic masterpiece, but a win they needed nonetheless. Absolutely. It was a must win, and they got it done. And the big thing is Mike McCarthy has taken control of that football team. They yep. got embarrassed up in San Francisco, right? And then they got absolutely crucified after the game by everybody, you know, we'll take away Dak Prescott's birthday. You know, we're going to just send Mike McCarthy out to see. <laughs> right. And, we're, you know, we're never going to look back. So now he had to take control of that offense and say, listen, this is the way we're going to play football. We're going to let Micah Parsons loose on your quarterback. Uh, and then we like- are going to just make a few plays and go down the field. You see these touchdown passes that they threw? They're three yards, five yeah. yards, yeah. right? We're not taking chunk plays down the field. We're not throwing the ball down the field. We're not going for the explosive plays. I hate to ask this question, okay. but when you have a quarterback that you at least believe is an elite player, mm-hmm. when he's being paid as such and the expectation is that next year he's going to be paid on a whole other level, should you have to be this worried about mistakes? I understand Yeah, I don't. all I don't. summer you told me last year was an aberration. Why are we so conservative? Yeah, I think they are entirely too conservative in this game. And as we look at this game, we're talking about them as if they ran this really conservative or, or that the result was because they were really conservative. If you think about the reason why they won offensively, it wasn't in the flow of the offense. It was because this quarterback yeah. made incredible things happen. So why not try to allow him to do it even more? Last year, the 
the interceptions were an aberration to me. Like, this is him making a special play happen. Mm -hmm. That was not like some elite design. They made a mistake on defense, and he exploited it. Two guys went with the pitch guy. Then he's, he's whirly burning in the pocket on two separate occasions, making big plays there. He rolls out to the right, drops it over the middle to Pollard. He makes a big play there. So while we're all praising Mike McCarthy for limiting the mistakes, the reason why they moved the ball and made plays offensively was because their quarterback and their players were special. It's not because they're being conservative. I don't think that they're being conservative to try and avoid Dak Prescott mistakes. Right. That's I think, right. I think they're being conservative because the, the offensive line has had some health issues this year and they don't feel like it's all the way together. We've talked about this on the show. They really haven't had to deploy their offense much. The yep. first three games they won, they won very easy. They scored on defense. So, like, this is the first kind of close game they've been in where they had to where they had to make these kinds of plays. I think if anything, <laughs> if Mike McCarthy's being conservative, it's because that's who he is. That's how he believes football should be played. Right. I don't know that I agree with him in the year 2023, but I don't think it's because he doesn't trust his quarterback. I think there are other factors. Dan out here making sense. <laughs> Man, somebody book it. He's making sense out here today. Finally. <laughs> what I'm here Listen, for. Listen, why hurt yourself? There was no – he knew – he just watched two teams in San Francisco lose and the Eagles lose to inferior teams because they did things that cost them games. Why do it? You're the better team. Don't – listen, sometimes – some is enough. It ain't got to be all the way. It can be some is enough, but we're going to win. We're going to keep moving. We're going to elevate. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. He decided I was not going to do it. I'll kick field goals. Staley won't, and ultimately I'll win the game. And had it not been for the special team's blunder, and I'm just telling you, this game wouldn't have been that game close. Probably so, more yeah. easily. Yeah. So, so obviously that, that's how the game works out, but this team played this style of football. Give Mike McCarthy credit. Yes. He made a difference, and they won the game because of the conservative playing. Give game. me the top tier in the NFC right now. If, if, San if Fran, Eagles, Cowboys, and Lions, I have split three and four, whichever way you want to go. Okay. But, 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 but the Cowboys win? are right there Absolutely. in your view with Philly, with San Francisco. Well, San Francisco and Philly, I think, are the two best – and I think I think Netflix. I think Dallas and Detroit are just are below that. On the, on I the asked the question to the group, but Cindy, let's put the picks up. Who's the best team in the NFC? Look at that. Sal Palantonio just wants to make sure he can go back home tonight, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. I do believe that yeah. the Eagles. They, listen, they have the best quarterback in the NFC. They have the best overall roster when they're healthy in the NFC. And listen, if they run the ball. Instead of throw it, they beat the Jets. They had four turnovers. They could be undefeated this right. morning. Same with San Francisco. All you got to do is kick a field goal. But going back to the Dallas Cowboys, why are they playing like this? The score was 20-17. to 17. It wasn't 44-17. to 17. Scoring is down in the National Football League in a because pass protection is all over the place. You have injuries. Everybody's rushing the passer. It's a blitzing league. It, it's a one-score league. You got to do whatever you. The last two Super Bowls were won by three points. Are you paying attention to what's going on in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. So you said you were going to get me mad. Yes. Okay. We here go. we are. Here we are. All right. Here we are. Man. Thirty-six minutes, and I got Sal mad. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So what you're telling Mission me? Mission accomplished. That you found it. <laughs> that, that they did it. They're doing it right. Is what you're telling they're me. Doing the Cowboys it are doing right it right. In the current NFL. Yep. Scoring is at a ten. Hembo gave me the numbers. Scoring is at a 10-year low. You're winning three-point games. It's a one-score league. This is Mike McCarthy recognized. And I sat here Doing all summer, wrong. all summer, Michael, and what was said on this panel all summer, 
well, Dak Prescott turned the ball over last year. Let's see if he's not going to turn the ball over this year. Right. Turning the ball over by Dak Prescott was a big issue last yeah. year. That's the reason why they went home. But it hasn't been an issue for the rest of his career. They're doing it wrong. But they we're had cherry, to have a we're course cherry, correction. We're cherry-picking conservative events in the yeah. game and saying that that's the reason why. We talk about Brandon Staley going for that fourth down and not getting it, not the time when he went on fourth down and got the touchdown. Right. Well, Brandon Staley is a different part of the if conversation. If you want to win consistently, you're going to have to be a Aggressive in the modern NFL. It's just you're not going to be able to conservative your way to a championship. That's not how teams have done it. That's not how any team's going to do it. That's not how the Cowboys are going to do it. Yeah. Maybe now in certain situations, I accept. you got to get there if, first, though. Okay, if Mike McCarthy's argument is this was a game to be conservative, For I'll sure. accept that. But at some point, you're going to have to be aggressive. Oh, yeah, yes, I still like disagree with it. When he lets clock, uh, what, 30 seconds burn, run off the clock before right, halftime, that is not how you win yeah, at be, every edge. You want to give your team you want to be you want to give your team every conceivable edge you can give them, and where you're at, letting time run off, you're not doing that. Yeah, he still has one of his first time uh, half yeah, timeouts to use, which I think is kind of nice home. for them going forward. Yeah. Okay, but I want to go back to what we said a minute ago. 49ers. With those picks up on the screen, you guys, got oh. the, you're making the easy picks. I'm with Graziano. Ooh. You want to talk about a team that could be unbeaten right now? Detroit's only loss was an overtime to Seattle, coming off of that very emotional big win over Kansas City. They have the exact combination you're talking about. They have a coach who wants to bite your kneecaps off, but also owns a computer. He's like new school and old school yeah. at the same time. Jared Goff, put me, really Jared Goff's quote. numbers up there. Show me what Field Yates posted yesterday. Jared Goff's numbers over his last 17 games, which is the equivalent of one season. How are those numbers working out for you? Pretty good. You know how you spell them? You spell them MVP. Ooh, That's what Goff is yeah. right now. Mm-hmm. They are dominant, Jeffrey, on both Three. sides of the line of scrimmage, exactly the way you like. Yep. They've got skill position players galore. I think the Lions are the best team in the NFC. At, at, the, at the moment, I think I think they've played the best. Well, 49ers. But now, I, the reason I didn't go 49ers is these injuries, right? If McCaffrey's going to be out for any length of time, Debo's banged up, Trent Williams, you know, the Lions are, the, are healthier and they're playing so great. They've won their last four games by 14 or more points. They have won road games in Kansas City and Green Bay and Tampa Bay. The, the, like, Tampa Bay was first place team. Right? Like that, coming off a bye. You know why? Because this caveman has a computer and he is not playing conservative, antiquated no. football. They are an aggressive team because they're talented, and that's what you're going to have to do. They're not winning by three. They're right. beating people by two scores. They're, that's why they, I would consider them better than the Cowboys. I'm sorry, Dan. No, it's okay. They know who they are, right? They know what they want to be. They want to push you around up front, both lines. They feel like they can do that, and so far they have. They were missing their top two running backs on Sunday, yeah. and they still and they still played the they game they up. wanted yeah, they to play. I'm going to make Sal mad again. The other teams that we're talking about here, the Cowboys are starting a fourth-round pick at quarterback. The Eagles are starting a second-round pick. The 49ers are starting Mr. Irrelevant. Jerry Goff was the first sure pick was. in the draft. We but, talk about him like this is some shocking development. He was the yeah, first And he took the team to the Super Bowl. Draft. But he was also kind of a throw-in in the deal that sent staff to the Rams. Went like, south hey, we need there. a guy in the meantime. But he's Understood. been so much more than that. And to their credit, their GM, Brad Holmes, was in the Rams scouting department when they drafted Jared Goff. He knew the guy and believed in him, and he thought he was more than a throw-in. And so far, he's been right. So what do you say, Sam? I say play-action pass has been the key to Jared Goff. Right. And without his running backs, it's going to be difficult. So I think, listen, I like Jared Goff. I think he's playing at an MVP level. But you got to do show me before I'm going to believe in it. Yeah, and I mean, I think he is showing us. And he he's surra- surrounded by a lot of talent and good coaching. I will say, though, that maybe I'm a little late to fully jump on that bandwagon. But I'm jumping on the 49ers bandwagon. Because what sure. we saw yeah, you like. from Purdy was – 
In the end of that game, we talked about how poorly Purdy played. He needed no. to get them to a field goal without his left tackle, without his best running back, without his receiver. Yep. Because the kicker missed the field goal, we are not here this morning talking about how Purdy shook off a bad game and drove his team down to a game-winning drive against possibly the yep. best defense in football because his kicker can't kick. Yeah. So I think that's why I have the 49ers up there because I have to be honest. It took me a while to get around on Purdy, but I'm there. The man can play. I mean, you're probably right. I just wanted to make sure we represented the Lions. And right now, I think they're playing the best. I do. Absolutely. Yeah, when, when you, when right you think about that. Brock Purdy, you talk about you losing a battle but winning the war. Brock, Brock Purdy showed his team, and he is the guy. That's the difference. The difference is it didn't end up well, but that dude showed it doesn't matter. Without Debo, without without uh, Christian McCaffrey, Affrey. I'm going to go show you what's up. Williams. The team, is that is a, that is a an elevation and a confidence builder for that football team to say it don't matter. Now, Williams was back, but you love those matter. moral victories, dude. You love, love those moral you. victories. That's hey, what you, you talk about a lot. Kickers, bro. You Get always talk about, about that in the locker room. Yeah, yeah, we need a helicopter thing for kickers. Here we thought the AFC was the loaded conference. Turns out the best teams are in the NFC. And then there's Aaron Rodgers. He's not human. He's Aaron. How he's reshaping the entire season. And yes, indeed, is coming back. Down to the one. Here's Allen. Touchdown, Chargers. Shock one up for L.A. Nobody accounted for Prescott. Pressure off the edge. Prescott backpedaling. Touchdown! Just a beautifully thrown ball by Prescott. They fake the handoff. Everett wide open. Touchdown, L.A. Chargers trailed by three. Right on cue. Parson all over Herbert. That third down and ten. Herbert gets rid of it. He's picked. This game is over. The sights and sounds Monday Night Football last night here on ESPN with Joe and Troy. Dak said it was a must-win. Cowboys got it. 4-2 and two going into their bye. You see they have two tough games coming out, and then that showdown, uh, including that showdown with the Eagles that we've been talking about much more on Monday Night Football as we continue. But our next stop is New York, where the Jets pulled off a stunning upset over the Eagles on Sunday. Aaron Rodgers was in the house. Brees Hall was in the end zone. Jalen Hurts was throwing picks. Robert Sala was talking about the impact of Rodgers and his presence as he continues to rehab the Achilles. Give a listen. His superpower is his presence. Um, and him being in this building, being around his teammates, being in the locker room, his his positive attitude, the uh, his, his thoughts of manifestation and all that stuff, I think it's powerful. The intangibles that he brings to his teammates and and the fuel I think the teammate, his teammates will give to him uh, is priceless. But I'm writing that down. His superpower is yeah. his presence. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love it. I love it. I absolutely love it. His superpower is his presence. I got more for you. Like, I'm, I'm texting with people in the building. Like, how real is this? Like, has him being back yes. had an effect? And the answer is yes. Yes. And, and, like, they said, some of it's overblown. He hasn't been, like, in the building that much. But anytime he's there, it helps. He brings a – this is from somebody who's there. He brings a calming and confident vibe. And when he is there, any selfish vibes from other guys disappear. Great leader and awesome guy to have around. So, look, again, his public, his front-facing public persona is what it is, but inside the building, it seems like he's really connected with and that I was, and they with him. I was there on Sunday at MetLife Stadium, and there was a snap, crackle, pop in the stadium when Aaron Rodgers showed up onto the field. 
Everybody was. Everybody <laughs> left the press box. Throwing, he's throwing, throwing a football. footballs out of look at him. Look at him out there. And you know, people gravitated towards him. It was sort of like a resurrection, really. Everybody was like, oh man, this yes. guy is here and he's throwing yeah. a football. It was different. He hath risen, gentlemen. <laughs> he hath risen. I, you can, I, think I fed you that line, Mike. Yes, and I love it. It's <laughs> difficult to, to measure a psychological impact, but I yeah. do know at a certain point this season, we were talking about. This team splintering and all the young guys falling apart. Yep. Then they had that big game against the Chiefs. Aaron shows up. And also, Zach Wilson plays okay. Yeah. It seemed like it, it gave them hope. And then all of a sudden, their defense is playing better. Then they win a game. Their defense plays outstanding. Their defense was really good. They weren't dominant in this game against the Eagles. The Eagles still were moving the ball. But they were opportunistic when they got opportunities. And they won the game. And every it's not very many games in a football season. Every game they can win to get mm-hmm. them closer to this uh, fantasy that I'm maybe a little bit. I think bit. they so, are dominant. So, so, I think that defense is dominant. They've allowed 31 second-half points the entire yeah. season yeah. because they keep bringing in fresh guys. They, no one scores on them in the second yeah. half. Aaron Rodgers is coming back and this is going to be a special it's season. It's pretty much yeah. like I told you when Aaron Rodgers got back, it was going to be different. Right? Yeah. I think I, I'm pretty sure I told you. You did. That. And it does matter. And it matters for Zach Wilson. Listen, he threw the ball 30 some 30 plus times, right? Didn't give the ball over to the other team at all. That stuff matters. But when him on the sideline, the things he sees, when a guy walks off the field going, hey, listen, they're going to roll to this. I'm telling you, we get in this personnel group, we start motion, this is what to expect. Give him some foresight into what's going to happen. He doesn't have to be great. Just be good enough to advance the ball. Hmm. It's that type of calming uh, you know, influence that he's having on Zach Wilson and receivers. Hey, don't panic right here. We're going to get to you. It wasn't the first thing. He should have gotten there. But all those conversations on the sideline matter. Yeah, I, if I weren't worried that it was going to upset him to hear this, I would say he's given him a real shot in the arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's nicely played over here by Mr. Moderna, or whatever we're going to call him on the right side. Two for One way or another, the bottom line of it is this. His presence has made a Absolutely. difference. Yeah. And I think the fact that he is giving them hope about coming back, yeah, whether, it's, it whether everyone thinks it's real or not, Agreed. the fact that they're all standing there going, you know, if we hang in there long enough, maybe eight does come back. I think that matters too. Qu- yeah. Quick final word. I think you're right. I also think Brees Hall's presence matters oh. a lot. Also. Yes, so without a doubt. Yeah, they yeah. use him. They're giving him ball. And all this stuff is helping. It's taking pressure off of the quarterback. Beast Hall. Allowing I call him Beast Hall. Brees Lightning one way or the other. All right, much more on the football as we go this morning. But – Get me Jessica Mendoza back. Baseball LCSs continue. We showed you the National League game. Here are the Rangers and the Astros, Jess. Rangers leading the series one game to none. Jonah Heim with nobody on. Yeah, but look at the score. I mean, they already got four runs in the first inning. That was the game. This was the nail in the coffin, though, the Jonah Heim home run. 5-1. Now, here's your ball game. Bases loaded. This began with nobody out. All came down to this. I mean, you got bases loaded, nobody out. That splitters and he throws it. Jose Altuve, and you got the best two hitters up. Alex Bregman, he had worked this count. Now he chases a cutter, and they get the ground out, Greeny. They get out of this inning. That was the game. Givaldi getting out of the bases loaded jam. 5-2. Astros fans can't believe it. Now you're Don Alvarez in the bottom of the eighth. He's so good. By the way, eighth inning, this is his second home run. Aroldis Chapman, you got left on left going away. I mean, Jordan Alvarez, by the way, has a fever. He is sick. Isn't a show and it was bad. Yeah, he was sick in every way. In the meantime, 5-4 Altuve, last chance, and it was close. Of course, it comes down to Altuve. 98 miles an hour, just gets it off the end of the bat. So close to hitting it out. 
ends up ending the game. The Rangers take a 2-0 lead. They are 6-0 on the road in this postseason. I don't know that this is the team that we were expecting, but they're two wins away from the World Series. How have they done it? Yeah, I honestly look at their starting pitching. I mean, you think about the Rangers, a storyline coming in was, hey, they don't have a bullpen. They can score runs. They're up and down. But the starting pitching has been ridiculous. Talked about it came down to that fifth inning. Big game, Nate. In fact, no one has been better with runners in scoring position. He showed it so good here. The curveball away against Diaz. Again, that was the first out. And then Jose Altuve comes back. Look at this splitter. Are you kidding me? And the way that he sets that up to get Altuve out. And now you've got Alex Bregman. So, bases loaded. Again, nobody out. And he gets out of it. Greeny, this was the game. You felt like in Houston with the crowd. They were silent from then on. Rangers get the win. So the defending champs have with their backs against the wall. Meanwhile, earlier we showed you Bryce Harper hitting a home run on his 31st birthday. The Phillies continue to mash. They take the game last night. What was the key? Bryce Harper. I mean, yes, it was Kyle Schwarber pitch one. We talked about it in the last segment about that jumping on Zach Gallen. But Bryce Harper, are you kidding me? And you think about how he's done it. Okay, with the home run that he had in the second inning. I mean, look at this pitch, okay? So Zach Gallen is leaving this. This is the first pitch. This is definitely a hittable pitch. But Bryce Harper, the power, the body position that he gets himself into. But Greeny, that wasn't the hit for me with Harper. And again, huh. all of his pitches, he is so hit. Look at this. This is a cutter off the plate. It is inside on the hands. Look at his body positioning to get the barrel to that ball. That, for me, I was like, you can't throw Harper anything. Three home runs he had coming into this game, breaking ball. Fastball, then cutter. What do you throw the dude? Well, you're one of the few people who would know. When you're that kind of locked in, what does it feel like? When, when you're sta- forgetting what the pitcher is thinking, what are you thinking? I- Throw me anything. And for him, he's so aggressive on every single pitch. And that's the thing for Harper right now. Yes, it was his birthday, but it's honestly been the entire postseason. He lives for these moments, Greeny. You're sitting there in a batting cage when you're 10 years old and you're putting yourself in this. And that's exactly what Harper is doing. He loves pressure. We see so many players crumble under it. Yep. Not Bryce Harper. Yeah, he's not old enough to remember it, but he is the Reggie Jackson of this generation. That's, he's doing Reggie Jackson kind of things. He's only 31, so he doesn't know what I mean, but trust me. <laughs> if you're old enough to remember that you Mr. know what October. I mean. All right, stay close by. I'm going to need you to hit, use that. Wait, yes. Do the pancakes. pancakes. Yes. Jess is going to hit the pancakes, Jeff, <laughs> a little bit later this morning, so she's ready to go. Meanwhile, we got NBA preseason action coming your way on ESPN to Clippers and Nuggets coverage 10:30 Eastern tonight after college football. Meanwhile, as we continue in just a moment, Dak getting one he desperately needed. Is it enough for Dallas to go where they want to be? We'll talk about it all from a Monday night matchup next. Get up on ESPN. <laughs> 